to go live to Hoover right now. Chris Goforth joins us from 92.9 The Game and, of course, Friday Night Rivals and uh, ESPN Plus, a little bit of everything for Chris. Uh, day two, and, of course, Georgia-Tennessee, those two schools, Kirby Smart and Josh Heupel, are going to kind of pique the interest of our listeners in our area. Uh, those uh, certainly are two of the focus schools here on the border. So, Chris, uh, kind of set the scene. How is day two at SEC Media Days? Yeah, I mean, obviously it got off to a bang with those two guys this morning. And then you mentioned Stoops, who just finished up. And then Lane Kiffin will, uh, uh, I guess he's the closing act for today. But, uh, you know, got off to a good start with uh, with Kirby Smart this morning. I guess the big takeaway from him, um, Georgia has, they are over the 85% vaccination um, rate Okay, for their team. They are one of six in the conference that has uh, more than 85% of their roster vaccinated. So that was the one thing. You know, Kirby doesn't tell you a whole lot, I think. He's kind of from that Nick Saban school of of talking to the media. Uh, He did address the expectations uh, on Georgia football this year, and he he said that um, he quoted Henry David Thoreau. Actually, he quoted Henry. It was like having a conversation with Cowboy Joe. Because right. he quoted Henry David Thoreau and Quavo in the same conversation, so I mean it was it was some high level stuff from from Kirby today. That does but, sound like a know, Cowboy Joe said, conversation, man. It really does. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, so but he said Frost. that uh, <laughs> he said that uh, you know the, the the quote he gave from Thoreau was something along the lines of. Uh, you know, people that are successful are too busy to realize they've been successful. And he said, that's where I am. He said, I just stay, you know, he said, we just stay so busy. He said, we don't sit and focus or think about it or anything like that. He said, we're just, we're just working. Um, so that he talked a lot about name, image, and likeness. That's where the Quavo thing came in. He said that uh, as soon as name, image, and likeness was, uh, you know, was passed a couple of weeks ago, that he got a text from Quavo, and Quavo told him to, you know, tell the team, don't accept just everything that comes along. Um, you know, don't be thirsty, but be picky about what you choose to do and who you choose to align yourself with. So they, he talked a lot about name, image, and likeness. I thought it was interesting, too, Jordan Davis, big defensive tackle from Georgia, was here. They asked him about name, image, and likeness. He doesn't have a deal. And he was very honest. He said, frankly, I don't really understand it. <laughs> well, he said, I, I don't know who does. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, it's a lot. He goes, it's, it's a lot. And so he said, I'm just focused on uh, playing good football. He said, I figure, you know, the best way to get a uh, name, image, and likeness deal is, is to play good football. And so he said, that's what my focus is right now. What a lineman uh, answer, though. What a, what a defense and offense. That's <laughs> yeah. just a lineman mentality right there. Right, right. And then. You know, from Josh Heifel's standpoint, I mean, he talked about his quarterback situation, talked a little bit about his offense um, in, in terms of what he wants it to look like. They talked about the need for them to be able to play fast with tempo, which is what a, you know, the, his UCF offenses, uh, that's what they were. You know, they were offenses that they played fast. They played with uh, with with a lot of tempo, and, uh, and he understands I think he understands the rebuilding job that, that he's going to have to do. Um, he understands what lies ahead, and it's, it's a long road. 
But, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like we talked about yesterday. The one thing you say about Tennessee football now is I think on offense, they're going to have an identity, and that identity is going to be it's a quarterback-friendly offense. And they want to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quick, and um, they want to play fast. I heard a guy describe his offense as uh, using a term that's been uh, recent here, a super spreader, meaning the football, they want to spread the football around as fast as they possibly can. So I, I kind of thought that phrase, I was like, well, okay, I could imagine why. I've seen offenses before that are super spreaders as far as getting all their playmakers involved. I kind of like that. I mean, it, c- it could be yeah. a future type of, type of offense. He's, he's known yeah. as an innovator. I mean, I think I told you guys before, the only game I saw in person last year was uh, was Georgia Tech in Central Florida, and I came away really impressed. Now, Georgia Tech's defense last year couldn't stop a nosebleed. But the way that that offense operated at Central Florida, man, it was fun to watch, and they do play, or, or they did play, at an unbelievable tempo. So I don't know if he can... If he's going to be able to implement it, I mean, he kind of had a veteran roster a little bit last year at UCF. I don't know if he can do that in year one at Tennessee, but if that's where it's headed, I don't know how many games they're going to win, but, man, they'll be fun to watch. Well, They'll put some points on the board. That'll be stepping in the right yes, direction. They will. I, you know, and uh, he was talking about, uh, Coach uh, Josh Heupel was talking about, um, you know, the difference between uh, those SEC linemen in the trenches, and that's really the big difference between Central Florida and and coaching at the at the SEC level. So maybe that takes some time too. But the wide receiver position kind of has some experience at the very top, but then it's like all young after one or two guys, including uh, Velius Jones. Well, and that's been, if you ask me, and that's been one of the problems of of Tennessee football over the last couple of years. I thought it was one of the real indictments against Jeremy Pruitt. Um, and, and to a degree, Butch Jones as well. When was the last time you could look at a Tennessee team and feel like they were they actually developed a at, at a position group? When was the last time Tennessee, known as wide receiver U, the, the program that cranked out all those great wide receivers for years, you know, the Willie Galtz and others, <laughs> at what point did they just forget how to develop wide receivers? Because I can't think of the last one that was better when he left than he was when he got there. That's a great because question me, because even like a Juwan Jennings, everybody thinks of Juwan Jennings, but was he really better when no, he left than no, he was when he got no, there? He's kind of the same what, guy. What about the squirrel? The squirrel? Kelly Washington. Kelly Washington? <laughs> well, hey, that's 18, 20 years ago by now. He wasn't better. He thought, be yeah, no, he I thought mean, he was I, better. I just, you know. I think at one time, I think that staff under, uh, when Fulmer was there, they did a good job of, of being able to develop guys. And somewhere along the way, and I, I you know, I, I think it, maybe it started before Fulmer left, but certainly, uh, over, you know, the last few head coaches, I don't feel like Tennessee's done a good job being able to, in particular, being able to develop wide receivers. Well, I think too with with Tennessee, I, offense we expect some we expect some improvements there, just based off what Heupel has done in the past. But I think uh, if you're a Tennessee fan, you gotta you know we've talked to defense a lot. Uh, we talked defense yesterday with you, Chris. But that seems like to be a trend with uh, some of these teams, whether it's Florida or Tennessee's right there too. You know they got to get that defense better, a lot better. And he talked about that a little bit today about the need to. 
you know, he wants those guys. You know, he he went all Dan Quinn on me. Uh, I had flashbacks to Atlanta Falcons press conferences when he started talking about cast and physical because that was a that was a Dan Quinn mantra with the Falcons for four or five years. But um, they do want to, you know, play fast, play physical. Part of that is not giving guys too much to think about, kind of kind of simplifying things a little bit and trust the athletes and the instincts that you're going to put out on the field. So, uh, overall, I think, you know, you, you kind of leave uh, Josh Heupel today. And, and and I think if you're a Tennessee fan, I, I think you like the things that he said. Um, one thing that I left kind of impressed with him about is when he started talking about the, the, the VFL and, and the balls for life. And you know, he talk, mentioned Reggie White and Peyton Manning and, Charles Davis and, and Alvin Kamara and just, you know, a guy that seems to have some respect for the position that he's in and understands that he is warming by fires that were lit or that were lit by people long before he got to Knoxville. Right. Well, if you remember, a big, big issue with Tennessee in, in recent years, I guess the last two years, is the fact that they would be in a game. They'd be in a game at the half, but they come out in the second half and either adjustments weren't made or the wrong adjustments were made. That's when games were, were blown out for for Tennessee. Sure. So they, they played a good first half, and just they couldn't get that second half down. Yeah, and I also think depth factors into that as well. True, um, true. You know, I mean, look, Tennessee lost four guys that were starters off this team that are starting right now at Oklahoma that's going to be a top-five team in the country. I think that goes to show you that Tennessee 1-11 uh, was able to recruit really good guys. But I think 12 through, you know, 22, 23, 24 is where there was such a big drop-off. Too. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's, that was the or at least one of the issues, depth. Depth and development. I mean, I think you've nailed it on both sides. Yeah, I mean, you know, you guys talked about, you know, the wide receiver core being young. They're going to be young in a lot of places on defense, but here's the deal. I think being young is okay if you're able to re-recruit those guys, as the saying goes, and be able to hold on to them for the future. Too many times Tennessee's been in a situation where they've been young. Maybe they've been young and talented, and then you see guys bolt and leave for what they what they appears to be greener pastures. I think if Josh Heifel, you know, you bite the bullet in year one, and you play some young guys with the idea of building towards, you know, not even year two so much as year three and four. You know, I've said it all, all summer, really, and I think that second week against Pitt at home, that's just a huge watershed game. Not necessarily to say, oh, we're going to be in it for a championship. No, I don't think that's possible this year. But are we good enough to beat Pitt? Because if Tennessee can beat Pitt, that's not a bad feather in your cap at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, look, that's a – it's a measuring stick game Bingo. early in the year. Bingo. Yeah, you know – you're going to know what you've got. Now, is Pitt Clemson? No, no. Certainly not. But that's a really nice ACC program that Pat Narduzzi's got there. And it's a – again, it's a measuring stick. You're going to know – where Tennessee is, I think we're going to know a lot about the Southeastern Conference after the first two weeks of the season. You're going to have Georgia and Clemson playing week one. You guys talk about Tennessee and Pitt playing early in the year. You've got uh, uh, Kentucky and Missouri, which I think will be a battle for third place in the SEC East. You've got those two guys 
playing each other, I believe, in the second week of the season. I think it's September the 11th. So you're gonna, we're going to find out a lot about who's who. I, you know, look at LSU. I think they get UCLA. Um, if not week one, it's week two. No, it's week one. And, okay, uh, LSU opens against UCLA. So what happens to that, UC, uh, to that LSU program if they end up losing to UCLA in, in week one? I mean, is, is there another tailspin that starts for Ed Orgeron's group? The first two, three weeks of the SEC season, I think, is going to be really, really, um, it's going to be really important. And it'll be a telltale for who's who. Yeah, so even with, with Auburn, uh, they kind of get Akron and, oh, wait, the Fighting Arths. Do they get Tom Arths, Akron? Well, that's going to be, <laughs> that'll be a way to crank it up. Uh, Akron and Alabama State, week one and two, but then they're at Penn State, week three. I mean, that's going to be a test. Yeah, there's a. There's another one, and I like that, man. I, I, you know, I remember being a kid in Alabama, Penn State, playing you know, yeah. in regular season games, and it, and it being a big deal back then. So I love the idea of you know Auburn, um, you know, playing a non-conference opponent like that. Tennessee and Pitt, I think, is a good one. Georgia, Clemson, is a good one. You know, anytime a team from the SEC goes out and plays a team out west, I think that's great. So. There's a lot of good games to look forward to. Uh, well, going back to Georgia real quick, and then we'll let you go. I know you got stuff to do. Uh, it was good to hear Kirby Smart talk about uh, Dominic Blaylock and saying that the injury, he's torn his ACL twice in two years. And, uh, of course, his stepdad is John Woods, who's part owner of the Chattanooga Lookout. So yeah. we've been around that kid a little bit. And uh, just one of those guys that you just you got to pull for, man. I mean, he's just a good kid. And, try, you know, you have the unfortunate injury of two torn ACLs in back-to-back seasons. If he comes back healthy, that could give them a little bit more experience at the wide receiver core for the dogs. Well, the one thing that was missing in Georgia's offense last year, and Kirby talked about it some in the spring, and it's that it was that ability to, to go deep and to take the, the quote-unquote take the top off the defense. Yep. They didn't have that opportunity last year, and certainly losing a guy like George Pickens really hurts them this year. Demetrius Robertson, he's transferred to Auburn, so there's a loss in that wide receiver column as well. But they have got enough guys. They recruited well enough there. Dominic Blaylock, is, he's just another piece in that puzzle that they can use. They feel like they've got the guys now that can do it. And I think early on last year, they knew what they had in George Pickens, but doggone, you've got to find a quarterback that can get the guy the ball. And they didn't have that in the early part of the year last year uh, with JT Daniels on the on the sideline. Now that JT Daniels is in, Georgia's got themselves a quarterback that can, you know, Kirby said today he thought he, you know, his arm was as good as anybody's and could, uh, can make all the throws. So uh, that should open up that offense a little bit compared to what we've seen from them in the past, where Georgia, I think, maybe relied a little too much on that ground and pound. Right. And I just don't know that you can win a national championship playing like that anymore. Good stuff, Chris. We appreciate it, man. We'll check back with you tomorrow. And uh, Chris, go forth live at the media days. And, uh, of course, tomorrow we'll have Missouri, Arkansas, Auburn. No, I'm sorry. That's Thursday. Alabama, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, and A and M. So we'll have some Nick Saban talk tomorrow for you, Bama fans. Chris, appreciate it, man. Great job. Thanks, Chris. All right, man. Talk to you guys. You got it, man. Chris, go forth, and of course, down at uh, SEC Media Days.